Hello and welcome to Goldbridge Saves Football, the podcast that discusses it all. And we will be discussing a lot on the show today. We've got the normal Pratt Pundit of the Week. We've got the normal Either Oars. We've got a fantastic new quiz that you're going to absolutely love. And we're going to be saying enough is enough from the media. We will be talking about the weekend and we're going to be delving into why are fans now the, pe- the problem in football when actually it's always been the media that drive their agendas around certain players, certain decisions we'll be delving into that and also as usual will is next to me how are you doing will yeah good we're sort of playing playing away today uh, filming in a different location i'll just say unknown location if you're listening if you're watching you can obviously see where we are but uh get my blues mentioned in early wayne rooney's first game defeated by michael carrick uh, i'm not really happy about it but don't want to talk about it either which you'll be pleased about i will because we'll lose viewers and listeners. We're in the Football Failing uh, studio. We were on the podcast uh, this morning for them as well. Check that out. But look, Will, let's get straight into it. Enough is enough. This has to stop. I want to talk about the media-driven agenda, basically. Mm. I want to talk about, and it fits in lovely with the weekend, we will be talking about refereeing and the PGMOL. I've got a very interesting thing to say about them that might actually shock people but we'll keep that back for a bit and the new quiz which will be fantastic but let's delve into this I feel that football fans have become the um the bad guys and gals yeah in in football um Jordan Henderson gets booed Harry Maguire gets booed it's football fans it's football fans and the media seem to have held hands with the authorities and are going look at those abusive football fans they're the problem and yet the media have always been the driver of agenda way more than football fans. Football fans are the good guys. Football fans are the people that oppose the Super League. Football fans are the people that spend their hard-earned money to go home and away watching their team play. They're passionate. They care. The media don't. The media are driven by views and sensationalism and I want to delve into that because when I look at the weekend I think there are so many big topics and wider topics as well we can go back in the past and say we've seen a documentary about David Beckham recently was it fans on social media driving the dislike of David Beckham no because it didn't exist it was newspapers it was the tv stations David Beckham's let his country down and worse so I want to delve into a bit of this and I want to stop talking like I'm on say, yeah. question time as well. Um, look, let's start off with the weekend. I think one of the big things, and there's a few things, but one of the big things that caught my eye, and I know it caught yours, was the Arsenal-Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge yeah. where it's a good game. 2-2, I think it was at the time. Jesus goes for a header. Sanchez takes him out. And I'm not talking about taking him out to Nando's for a drink. No. Plenty of nice Nando's in that area. Shout them out. But no, he literally clatters him. Ooh, all I heard from the media was, ooh, I hope he's okay. Just a bit of a stoppage in the game. But when it was Man United Wolves, you know what I heard? A lot of noise, Will, for a whole week about, I think that referee may have even got suspended. I think Wolves even got an apology. And this is what I mean about people don't realise how they're being manipulated. Well, can be manipulated. Some clever people like us don't get manipulated. I don't think many of our listeners do, but there will be people out there. And obviously we've seen the Maguire stats, which we'll talk about, and a few other examples of this. But is it not frustrating and wrong how certain events can be blown up all week into something huge like the Inanna Wolves one, but in a bigger game, the Chelsea on Jesus one, yeah. He swept under the carpet. 
I struggle with the phrase the media because that's when we get into the realms of like when they're writing in the Captain Washington and that guy's got the thing on and he's like, fuck the media. Like, I think media is a big phrase because you're the media. I'm not. You are. I refuse. You're it. a part of the media. I'm not. That's what I mean. Media is so diverse now. Like, you, you obviously, you, the channels that you've got, the, the podcast. But you that can't we've... be sued if you say the media because I'm not individually no, 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 going no. after radio, no, no, written press, TV. But that's what I'm, I'm talking about old school media. No, I, I know you are. But, like, even, you know, our match of the day, they, they covered it as yeah, one of their, their, they covered it as one of their first points on the penalty decision. But I do think that there is a lot of maybe more sort of backhanders in terms of maybe some of the players that we might go on to mention and, and stuff like that, that hopefully gets focused on from their perspective. But then there's other stuff that just, you know, Man United drives news headlines. That's not a shocking statement to say. So when Manchester United have a decision like they did at Wolves and, you know, 90% of the country wants Wolves to have a penalty, that's going to be a headline for the rest of the week. The Arsenal one is quite, yeah, different because it sort of has gone under the radar. But after a week of, I know we'll come on to it later, where the officials did do pretty well, really, didn't they? But mm. I struggle with the media as a, as a phrase because... That wasn't a cow walking in going, hmm, that wasn't <laughs> I, just, I always forget we're, we're doing audio. I am doing cow-like shit, so at the moment, but that's another story oh. for another day. Um, yeah, I just struggle with... that type of podcast. It is, it is, um, with that phrase. Because I just think... you. you what, even what we're doing, and especially with what you're doing with, with the audience as well, is like you can show a different perspective to a wider audience, if that makes sense. My issue is, and I think I've had it levelled against me personally over the last couple of weeks, but also it happens all the time. It's a collective. I feel that we're a community as fans and we are passionate and we care and we don't always get it right. And I'd be the first to say that, but it comes from a place of loving the game and caring about the game. I love football, so therefore I'm passionate about it and have been from a very young age. And I think that there has been a shift that needs to stop whereby... It's very easy at the moment because, you know, fan community led content has infiltrated the media. We're doing it now. And it's become a target of, well, that's the problem with football. You know, we spoke about Paul Parker last week. I'm not going back into that. But if you read what he said about me was like, you know, he doesn't even care about football. He doesn't know what he's on about about football. He doesn't even like that club. And this is becoming more prevalent. And I think that there has to. The thing is, if you score a goal against the opposition, they either give in or they try and score a goal back. And I'm trying to score a goal back because I'm saying the media throughout my life drives agendas and they've almost, it's almost like the real problem in football is social media. And we see bad things on social media, the racism, the sexism, the homophobia. Of course, of course, fans are responsible for that. Uh, Sir Bobby Charlton, we saw a clip of Man City fans singing a vile song. Fans can be vile, but the media are not out of that argument and I think we saw a lot of different things over the weekend where fans can be manipulated and we don't get as manipulated anymore I mean as I said Graham Turn, Graham Taylor rest in peace England manager the newspapers cut half of his head off and put a turnip on it you know and and, and that was what I grew up with so and it's and it's not funny because he's actually died as well yeah. he didn't die because of that but um, it's it's no, but I, to be fair, from your point, if if you were to if we were to post an image on social media now and you were to do that, if I did about, Harry Maguire with the top of his head as a, a Bosch fridge. Yeah, yeah. That I would absolutely, quite rightly, be ridiculed and called an abuser. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, but the thing is, the media has always been that. And look, I think with you know, let's go to another thing: Everton against Liverpool at the weekend should have been a second yellow card for Canate. We all established that. Yeah. The Kovacic one. 
probably didn't get as much as it should have done, but it was a big mistake. The onside for Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, massive mistake. And again, does you know because it's Everton. But I think it's Sean Dyche. Look at Dyche getting really cross. But I thought Dyche covered that off. I can't call him Dyche. It's a mistake. Yeah. You never call Dyche Dyche unless he gives you permission to call him Dyche. But I think he covered that off well in the press conference afterwards by saying it was a big bear on the game, but he was sort of humble enough to admit Everton were the second team in that game. Like They, they probably weren't going to win it. Um, and he obviously had a big bearing on it, but it's still a, well, my, my point is not that that specific thing, but it's the it's the it's the it's the way the story gets written. I mean, as I said, the Jesus foul on from Sanchez should it have been a penalty? Well, I didn't think the Anana one for Wolves should have been, but it became a big story yeah. that the United were getting away with something, but for che- with Chelsea, yeah. they're not getting away with something. It, I, I'm pretty sure the PGMOL did apologise to Wolves about it. I haven't seen an apology to Arsenal about it. And it's just, what I'm trying to say is that we still live in a world, we get accused of this, and I just don't do it, you know, where you've got an agenda and you drive an agenda, which I'll talk about in a minute. But the, we still live in a world where the media does drive agenda. And, it, and it's always been in football, and it's certainly in politics, and it still exists in football. I mean, on Saturday night, the uh, Man United-Sheffield United game, I'm watching it, and then this stat comes up in the bottom left-hand corner about Man United with Maguire and Man United without Maguire. And it's 94% win with him and 54% without him. And then they flashed it up in the second half as well. And I watch Man United all the time, and I'm like, this isn't. there's something really not right about this. And... But do you not think that's just because Maguire's the story at the moment? But, but I think it's a. I think I don't think it helps Maguire, and I, I think it frustrates people because what that's all about is the media trying to go, oh, fans who don't rate Maguire, they're abusive, they're they're bullies. He's a really good player, and here's the stats. And I see it all the time. You know, Ten Hag gets asked about Maguire all the time. The bottom line is with Maguire from a fan perspective is. Most Man United fans probably don't think he's good enough to play for Manchester United when everybody's fit. But right here, right now, he's had a couple of good games. Keep him in the team. It's, it's as simple as that. No, no, There's no Man United fan going, get that Pratt out of our football club. We don't like him. It's, it's about ability. But the media turn it into, oh, you know, Southgate contributed to it as well. It, the point is about that, that was propaganda. There's a producer yep. at Sky there who has created something that should not be going on mainstream. For me, if I did that on this podcast or you did it, do you agree with putting something like that up on a Saturday night on a game that's completely and utterly misleading? Uh, I, did you not know it's misleading? Because I can give you the stats. Yeah, but I, to be fair, as a non-Man United fan, I'm, but the, the story around Manchester United probably is still a, a, a bit about Harry Maguire. So, if Why, though? Yeah, because, well, because he's one of the England's most expensive ever central defenders, playing at one of the biggest clubs in the country. There's a story around him, and rightly but only because the media want it to be. I don't think Man United fans want it to be. I don't think you want it to be. No, I know. I'd like. I'd like. You really that. think you should be playing ahead of people like Varane and Martinez? No, I don't. But I, th- I don't think there's a sort of. I, I think the big thing with the Maguire one is it's just yeah has become a storm and maybe that is but the the difficult thing maybe from your perspective is when you're doing the Man United stuff is you're a Man United fan but now you're in a position where you have got uh, like such a large audience and you're doing the media stuff where it's probably a little bit where you might be in the middle ground if you know what I mean I think I see a lot of how the media work and I think I'm I, I see a lot about how fan content works and communities work and I just want honesty, integrity and consistency. We're yeah. going to talk about refereeing in a minute. And I just think that when I'm watching the TV on a Saturday night, 
and I see some producer at Sky that's put that together and it says, since October the 22nd, Man United's win ratio with Maguire starting is 94%. And I think this casual fans who will go, well, Maguire should be starting. It's, it's, the stats can't lie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the stats do lie because it's from October the 22nd because if you go from September the 1st, he's lost three games and it, re- it lowers that percentage down. Yeah, yeah. Also... The, the, the games without him, you've done 42 games. Yeah. The games with him, you've done 15. Also, the 15 games he's played are all cup games at home and relegation games at home. It's you sh- Sky Sports, BT, TNT, whatever they're called now, should not be u- putting stats like that out. You know, there's hipsters now. Mm. There's hip. No, but it's it's low level. Like, but I just think it's, it's low it's, level. It's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's manipulative. But but up to who? To the millions who are watching, but I'm, yeah, but I'm, I see that I'm not, I'm not asked. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe Maguire. Well, might the people who start. believe it have been manipulated because yeah, it's not true. Yeah, but there's not going to be like protests on the street about Maguire starting for Manchester United. I just, it's not. No, but, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is, we're happy that he's playing for Man United at the moment. He's doing quite well, but we don't need some. That's just prop. That's just British propaganda. The same thing is going. I'm loving this. The thing. The same thing is going on with Ramsdale and Raya. Yeah. That it's like he's oh we want the England goalkeeper in we want the England centre back to play for Man United it's but we've got a Premier League that's diverse and has been for thirty years and is full of foreign players and we are manipulating our media some of our media and the collective we're not targeting anyone here they do manipulate my point is no, but that, fans are being attacked yeah like fans are being attacked fans are toxic fans are this 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 and this yeah yeah and yet the media has always been and still remains very manipulative of the story that whatever producer, whatever journalist wants to write. Yeah. And that's always been the case, and it still is, and we need to remember that the media is not the guardian of intellectual, definitive, consistent, quality output. Yeah. And it's I, still very manipulative and agenda-driven. And I think the thing with traditional media, even with like the, the realm that we work in, is is they can't control the sort of fan aspect and the the way it's no, grown and like, you know, the rise of your pop- popularity and friends that we've got in the space that have grown and have their own audience. They can't control that. So you look at where some of traditional broadcasters treat some content creators and have them on and just like, oh, you know, let's put you... I used to do a show on Five Live called The Squad and it was on at 11 o'clock before... Was the, someone in your ear telling you what to say? No, no, it was before... It was 11 o'clock before the um, main commentary used to come on and there's no way that show should have been in, in that slot because, you know, if you're a traditional Five Live, one, you don't want me listening, coming in your ear in more ways than one. Um, and I just think the way that they... Tra- traditional media sometimes treats people like us they just like well we need to do that to sort of get this age demographic sorted and i think that needs sorting out because yeah like with what you do and everything it's and what we do which there is a massive audience there yeah I, you know what it is i think that i think that there's been so much innovation in this space over the last few years and it's the fear that there was it's the fear that some aspects are, and they've not adjusted quickly enough and now they're sort of running scared well i think the standards have gone up yeah, I think the standards have gone up. You know, going back to the um, the Wolves treatment of the Anana foul and then the way that the Arsenal Chelsea one's been dealt with, football fans are intelligent enough to know that there's a complete disparity there. And why is one story massive and one's the not when it's the same thing? You might be right, Man United. Um, you know, you've got those Harry Maguire stats from October the twenty second that I don't think do Maguire any favour because they're they're over egging the pudding and making it out like that. Yeah. On the other hand, you go on to Twitter and there'll be some you know, somebody who does stats 
who actually comes out with something really interesting about Jude Bellingham at Real Madrid or why Alexi McAllister is the hidden gem for Liverpool. And you go, that's where stats work really well, not manipulated ones to push an agenda about something else. I guarantee you, next Arsenal game on the TV, the, the line from one media outlet, could be TV, could be radio, could be written press, will be stats with Raya in goal compared to Ramsdale. That's coming because yeah. they want Ramsdale in goal. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just calling it out that we get a lot of criticism as fans and the media have suddenly taken this position of being almost with the Premier League and with the PGMLL. You know, we're authoritative. They've always been agenda-driven and they still very much are agenda-driven. And, you know, it should... I don't want that. I don't want agendas in the media because I think they have a bigger responsibility. Yeah, and I'm sat here wearing a Jude Bellingham shirt and part of the reason that I was happy he went to Real Madrid was because I didn't want him as a... And he's a very mature 19, 20-year-old coming over to England because as soon as he goes to a big club, the spotlight and the sort of maybe the traditional stuff and, you know, even everything that we're in, sort of, I think he'd be fine, but it just becomes another level over here, doesn't it? An English player, a star, a future star boy, well, a current star boy, and I just think that could potentially ruin players and has done in the past you know, speaking of Beckham, so I'm glad he did that. Um, I don't, yeah, I think, it, it, I think the main thing is from a traditional media sense, it's, it's there working backwards to what's happened with, you know, what you've done, what other people have done. And I just, they don't get it right a lot of the times. Yeah. I just think if you are a mainstream outlet, you know, why are you manipulating stories and stats to suit an agenda that you don't need to do? Like, why couldn't they go from the start of the season with Maguire's stats? It was probably could- for him to make a mistake in that game and then the thing to be on the, the lower third to be on the screen at the yeah. time it happens. Why, why can't they, you know, why can't the Everton second yellow card be a massive story, you know? But look, we, 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 we are topical on the podcast, but we are here to discuss, it's Goldbridge Saves Football. We're here to uh, delve into some of the things that we think uh, are not as good as they could be we're here to make football better we love football and I think that as we move into the either ors which will bring some of the topical elements of the weekend in and you've got this brilliant quiz that you've got to listen to um I just want to and Pratt Pundit of the Week which is very good driven by Will who is not the Pratt Pundit of the Week but you could be be. I probably said something on the fill-in today that makes me a Pratt I could be as well but let's just uh revisit something that's not only topical but an issue that we've been trying to solve in football, the officiating, yeah. PGMOL. There were decisions this weekend that were, well, we've already spoken about one, the Canate one, yeah, Orson, yeah. I don't think was very good. But one thing I will call out, and it might be a very small thing in a in a, in a a cake of offness. Shit. Yeah, a shit cake. Shitty cake. Um, was I, I did quite like the consistency around three handball decisions yeah, yeah. on Saturday. Obviously, the, we started off with the Liverpool one. Yeah. Um, the Chelsea one, yeah, and then I believe the Manchester United one with McTominay, yeah, all very similar handballs from um, Saliba, and uh, there was the Michael Keane one and the McTominay one. Yes, on any other weekend, I really do think two are a penalty and one's not, or two is a penalty and one's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. To get three right, I, you know, it might be a small win, and next week it won't happen. But I've got to say, I sat there and went. On handballs, forget the bloody second yellows, on handballs, on that Saturday, on three televised games, they got it right. 
Yeah, no, they did. Consistency. Yeah, consistency there. But then it's just, we've just come off the backdrop of talking about where Sanchez takes out Jesus. And for whatever reason, yeah, it's not being talked about. And that's probably not only a foul, but like really, really endangering a player. But that will be another agenda that gets pushed because Howard Webb, quite rightly, will now be going on Saturday on three televised games. Look at that. We've got the handballs right. And it won't be any conversation. The Sanchez foul will get pushed away. The second yellow card from Everton will get pushed away. But look, it's a shit show. It's a shit cake. And we've got to take the small wins. My only fear, Will, is that next weekend one of those handballs won't get given and we just need that consistency. Yeah, but that fear is always going to be there, isn't it? Just because of the, the we've spoke about it before, the people that referee in this country are just not up to standard and, and where they need to be. And I've said numerous times, if you think the EFL are going to be bringing the next crop of referees talent through, you've got another thing coming. He has said it before. Um, did you think, I, I mean, I think the Michael Keane one, it looks like he's hailing a taxi. McTominay moves his hand out towards it. The only one that might be a little bit dubious was Saliba. I think when you're in the air, yeah. And also, Mudrick heads it onto his hand from about a metre away, I think. But but ultimately... If it's come off the week back of a weekend when they've all been given, I think that's fine. Yeah, and, and, and I, I know some people disagree, but actually, I, I, I can take on board that Saliba hasn't meant it, he's in a natural position, but I think it should still be a penalty because if we get that consistency, that if it hits your arm... yeah in the penalty box, it's going to be a penalty. A shot. Then you're going to get some unlucky ones, yeah, yeah. but you're going to get consistency. Yeah, no, I think, yeah. Let's just try and keep the consistency. Yeah, Let's be consistently consistent. Let's just be consistent at being consistent everywhere. Yeah. That's that's what I'm all about, really. Consistency Have you read everywhere. Atomic Habits about how to get your consistency up? No. No, that's a good one to read. I've not read it. I've, Atomic Kitten? No, no. Atomic Kitten's a great band. Yeah. Atomic Habits. I don't like that Katona. No? She can go to Iceland. Get in the bloody freezer. That's your agenda against Katona, though. Yeah. You've got that is an agenda. That, that is, is an, an agenda. agenda. Could be a nice person. Probably should be picking on the other atomic kittens. Don't know their names. Just go for the obvious target, Katona. Let's get her stats up. Yeah. Actually, she... Number one since Katona left yeah. Atomic Kitten. Zero. Yeah. Ones with Katona in four. Yeah. And that's the agenda. That's, 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 that's the and agenda. And you've not been consistent there. I've not We've been come consistent. full circle. Yeah. Um, should we pick on some Pratt? Um, yes. I like the either ors because they're topical. Okay, we'll go into that then. We'll, let's do that straight away. I like them both. Yeah, you love it all. Um, do you want to start with the one that is very topical, uh, Ray or Ramsdale? <sighs> well, this is an agenda that's coming from the mainstream. I'm actually going to go against it. I mean, I have noticed this a lot. I mean, it goes. I'm going to go back a little bit because this happened with David De Gea last year. Every time I turned the TV on or picked a paper up, it was just this torrent of piling on to David De Gea. Even Roy Keane was at it, on, 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 even though he was having a good season in the clean sheet. So the reason they did that is because, really, they wanted Henderson in goal or whatever. Um, It's happening with Ramsdale. I think Ramsdale should be England number one, but he can't be England number one when he's not playing for Arsenal. So I sort of get where it's coming from. I've listened to the radio, you know, listened to watch the TV. I think it's coming from the place that this is a really talented English goalkeeper playing for a Premier League club that went for a title last year. And I get the agenda here. It is that they want Ramsdale in goal because he's English and they want him to be England number one. I think for some people it is. They don't like it. It is that I think it is the I English disagree. be foreign. Oh, it is. There, it is with some. It definitely is with yeah, some. But yeah, but coming off the back of this weekend, I can think of two, maybe three mistakes that Rare made. The 
cross should have been a better position in, and that's coming from Dave Watson, a goalkeeper coach. The one he passed it out, passed it out, yeah, caught up on. I think there was one other one as well. But I think the thing for that is comes from going into this season, not as an Arsenal fan, we didn't expect the goalkeeper position or thought it needed to be improved, really. No, Arteta has, has certainly made a rod for his own back yeah. here. He's got the whip out and so, now he's going to moan about getting a few lashes. You'd, you'd say Ramsdale... Maybe he likes that on the weekend. Ramsdale should be number one for Arsenal. No. Come on. No. You're being silly there. No. You're agenda-driven well, there. I'm not agenda-driven here. This is, this is where definitive um, explanation comes into it and <laughs> analysis. That bought me some time. Yeah, nice. I think that Ramsdale should have been the number one if Raya wasn't going to be bought. But the the minute he buys Raya, yeah, you've got to go with Raya. And the mistakes that Raya have made, he can't put Ramsdale back in because then when Ramsdale makes a mistake, I predicted this in the summer. You can't have two goalkeepers because I think Raya might be making mistakes because he's aware of Ramsdale. I think if you put Ramsdale in, he might make mistakes because he's aware of Raya. Arteta has created this, and therefore I go Raya because that's the goalkeeper that Arteta brought in. He can't. No, but you're not. Oh, who do you want in goal? If I, Man United I think, have to buy one of them, Raya. Man United. I think Raya's no. the goalie. I do. I do. Like, I'm a big fan of Raya. Yeah. I, I do. I like Ramsdale, but I prefer Raya. I think he's a better goalkeeper. But I admit, this is a. It's a bit like Havertz, isn't it? He's created a problem for Odegaard. Have you noticed the drop off in Odegaard? This is a great point for a podcast, actually. This is what we can do. And this we, is a podcast. Freestyler. <laughs> so we're going to go. He's dropped off Odegaard. I'm not doing any clips at the moment, but we're definitely clipping that. Why has Odegaard fell off? Don't know, you tell me. Don't you know? No. He's fell off because of Havertz. It's very similar to the goalkeeping situation. Arteta has brought a player in to the fold that has actually disrupted one of his better players. Odegaard, for me, even as a United fan, is an incredible player. But this season he's fell off. And the reason he's fell off is because at the start of the season, he's trying to fit... Havertz and Odegaard into the team yeah. Declan Rice Odegaard's used to playing with Partey and Xhaka who do the defensive work yeah. and he has the freedom Havertz comes in he's in my space he's sharing my sandwich what's going on Havertz is out the team now have you ever oh, shared a sandwich? I can't remember what a full sandwich is like have you ever shared a sandwich? with the wife okay that's fair enough yeah. but Joey back because this is Ray or Ramsdale I wouldn't share a sandwich with you you would I'd share an uh, egg crest sandwich with you in fact you can have it all well, I don't want to share an egg crisp sandwich with you. Who, who has cold egg in a sandwich? I had a cold egg sandwich this morning. Oh, with avocado. You, you, you should be in a. Maybe that's why I'm a you good in a, You should be in a prison. Right, yeah, maybe. Food a, prison. It stinks. How long did he get? Three years. Imagine the farts in that prison. Can I come out early release and have bail? Are you going to eat cold egg sandwich? Yes, no, you're staying in. You're a danger it. to food. I've been making a few early releases. Um, oh. what, Ray or Ramsdale, we were speaking as well because. The, the one with Ramsdale, he's been through that season with Arsenal where they've pushed Man City all the way. And he, for some games, was at faults for... Was it the... What was the one on the Friday night where they... Was it Bournemouth they lost to? Or Drew in the end? Southampton. He was at fault for like two or yeah, three games season, where yeah. it cost him points. But he's been through that. And from the outside, he looks like the character that would really embrace that and say, I've learnt from that. This season, I'm really going to implement it. I'm Arsenal's number one. I'm pushing for England's number one. And we're going to push on for the title. And then straight away, Arteta buys Raya and it just causes... He's been treated badly. Yeah. He's been treated badly. Let's not call... Let's... And he's handled it really well, I think. And, and, and De Gea got treated badly by United as well. Yeah. But if he brings Ramsdale back in, 
he needs to leave Raya out for the rest of the season. But that won't happen. And this is what I mean. He's he's got, you know, Anana's had a bad start at United. Yeah. There's another goalie there. Some people have said drop Anana, but I'm like, he spent 50 million quid on him. He's got to stick with him. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go Raya. No, I'd definitely go Ramsdale, 100%. Well, it's your uh, podcast. Well, no, well, people are listening. We'll do it as a poll. There we go. Um, next. Villa or Manchester United? Who do you think is going to finish higher this season? Now, this is... Really... Who sent this shit in? Uh, <laughs> uh, Tim. Tim. Tiny Tim. Tim, nice but dim. Um, who do you think is going to finish higher? But I also think it ties into a bigger conversation around this top four, top six is really, 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 really heating up. You won't, be able to, you won't be able to see this, but... I'm, you look I'm, like you've I'm eaten rubbing, an egg and crest. I'm rubbing my eyebrows. Yeah. Um, Villa or Man United? Well, look, Villa are a better team than Man United at the moment. I've got no shame in... Better 11 that. or better squad? Just better... I don't better know. I don't... They're a better team. Um, have they got better individuals? You could argue about that. Have they got a better coach? You could argue about that. But at the moment, they've got a better coach and a better team and they're performing better. Will they finish above Man United? It's a long way to... It's a long, long way from May to December. That's not... That doesn't work. Did you make that up yourself then? No, there used to be a sitcom called May to December years ago. Really? Any good? I watched it. There was nothing else to watch. I didn't have any phones. Yeah, that was actually not too bad. Everyone in it would be dead. Wow. I didn't need to get straight to that. Nice Circle of life. I think that Man United could finish above Villa because they might run out of petrol. What a world we live in where you have to say Manchester United could finish above Aston Villa. But Villa are better than Man United at the moment. So on an either or, right now, Villa are better than Man United. I have to, only a fool would say not. Where do you think they will finish though, retrospectively? Man United have the potential to, and the squad to the Man better. United, yeah. That, but I think Villa... Villa are at their peak now, where Manchester United, to be fair to you, yeah. still have a lot of injuries. To Villa, Chelsea, Man United, Chelsea could come through and, t- and surpass the Brightons and the, and the Villas and the Spurs. They oh, yeah. could. I'm not saying it will happen. Yeah. It doesn't look likely at the moment. I just think even you, you mentioned Onana there, and to be fair to him, he's probably suffered from not having a Varane and Martinez in front of him every week. Where oh, but he's got 94% win race Maguire in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Evans has won his last three Premier League games starting for Man United. No, I'm, no, I'm trying to help you out. Yeah, I'm oh, saying I'm just Man- bringing in the stats. I'm just saying Manchester United have got a lot of injuries, and it is fun for some fans to laugh at Manchester United when they're you know scraping by Sheffield United. We have won our last two games. Yeah, congratulations. Um, but yeah, I. I do think Villa will finish above Manchester United and you know how much that hurts me to say. Mm. Well, they're better than Man United at the moment. That was the question, either or. Yeah, and it's a clear it's a clear philosophy from uh, Unai Emery and he's not just doing that on the pitch as well. It's throughout the whole club as well, isn't it, with their recruitment. I think they've got that pretty much spot on since he's joined. We'll be able to judge Man United's season by the progressive weeks in the podcast of either ors for Man United. I'm hoping in the coming weeks it's going to be things like Spurs or Man United or... Liverpool or Man United, but yeah. if it starts becoming Brentford or Man United... Yeah, it just goes down and then, down. Uh, I mean, Luton or Manchester United. Yeah, I'm big trouble there. Should man. Manchester United re-sign Tahith Chong? That's when you know you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, moving on to one that's not so topical, but it is sort of topical based on our podcast. A great question that I came up with, uh, it was actually a friend of mine, he, he got in touch. You uh, haven't got any friends, come on. I have, Houston, Houston 4-4, if you want to add him on PlayStation. Um, is Should I say that? You can block friend requests, can't you? That's yeah. fine. Who cares? It's his no one will do it. Yeah, no one will do it. No one cares. Um, put, your, put your phone number out now. No one will ring it. Yeah, probably Let's not. start doing it. Oh, seven. <laughs> you don't know my phone number. Um, the current Manchester United side, as it lives and breathes now, players and manager, or the overrated 11 that we produced on Friday, 11 and manager, who would you rather have? 
Well, the 11 on Friday was Anana In goal. Reese James right back. Kukurela left back. Diaz Bafana and Dia. centre-back. Casido, Havertz and Phillips. Calvin Phillips centre-mid. Sancho. Richarlison. Grealish with Maurizio Pochettino as manager. You know what? It's a great question, but I'd stick with the United team. Currently. Really? Yeah. Because Is that with your red blinkers on? No, because well, Anana's the same. Yeah, correct. Calvin Phillips, whatever. No, but yeah, Havertz. but Calvin Phillips is in a bad spot right now. Yeah. We could be getting you 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 got Pochettino with Calvin Phillips. Are you getting Havertz? Yeah. Mikasido's good. Reese James fit is good. Fafana fit. Cucurella's been having some good games. Cucurella's done all right. But that front three, Grealish, Richarlison Whoa. and Sancho. Goals. No. Yeah, but you're thinking of as them now, thinking of them with peak performance. I'm, and I'm Richa- thinking about United as peak performance. Who's you should, Man United's front three peak performance? Rashford. Hoyland. Hoyland. Anthony. Yeah. No, I'm, I've, I've answered the question. Yeah, but I, I think the big one for you is you've, you've got an agenda against Pochettino. I think Pochettino's overrated. That's why he was in the overrated 11. Who do you think is better manager, Pochettino or Arteta? Uh, Considering Pochettino's got a rich tapestry CV, I still say yeah, I, I Arteta. Probably, yeah, I probably would go Arteta. But then so therefore Pochettino is overrated yeah, because where, he gets held up as... I'm looking at him, he's pulling a face now. But No, but where, I was going to say, where do you... Diff- I feel like Arteta's not had that defining moment yet. Like He could finish fifth this season and, mm. and be sacked. And then I would say Pochettino. But I don't see that happening either. Pochettino's a good coach. What he did at Southampton, what he did at Spurs. Um, but PSG was very unimpressive and Chelsea is a project yet to be written. I, I think that he's... I think Pochettino, every time a job comes up, he's been linked with Real Madrid. Yeah. He's been linked with Manchester United. I think that's overrated. I don't think that Pochettino actually should be held up as that level of a coach based on what he's done in the game. Yeah. Now, if he turns Chelsea into a title contender, yeah. you deserve it. Yeah. And maybe we were wrong. And maybe when everyone else was ahead of the game. And we'd hold our hands up. And we'd hold our Actually, hands no, up. Actually, no, I don't want to put myself into I like Pochettino. Yeah, but he's overrated. Um, one of the other ones here was from JWS Dragon, I think. Uh, he said, Arsenal or Spurs, who has the best ch- Who's going to finish higher this season? It comes after yeah. a lot of chat. We keep, you know, it's we're recording this Monday. We've got a huge game for Tottenham tonight. They need to win that uh, to keep the momentum up. But they are the feel-good club at the moment, aren't they? It's it's a bit like saying who will finish higher, Brighton or Newcastle? Uh, who will finish higher, Villa or Manchester United? Who will finish higher, Spurs or Arsenal? And the reality is you can make a very strong case for Spurs, but you be, I look at Arsenal, they've got the know-how, They've got the squad. Yeah, I think you have to go Arsenal based on... It's like saying Man City will win the league. I think Man City will win the league. Yeah, yeah. doesn't mean they're going to. But yeah, logically, I'd say Arsenal. But I really do hope Spurs can last the distance. Yeah, no, I know. Like we said before, we won a title race that mm. goes down to the, the final day. Uh, breaking it up a little bit, one uh, young lad called Will Brazier from Bromsgrove put in a question. He says, which current player or manager or football personality deserves a Last Dance style documentary? Now, I put this in because at the weekend, I don't know if you saw, Jose Mourinho, I think that Roma beat Monza 1-0. And fantastic that they've won. But Mourinho's gone in. He's giving it the the crying emojis to the other bench, gets the red cards. He's absolutely proud as punch. But for me, and even conversations like we had last week, personalities, stories are what really get me into football. And I miss a bit of Mourinho. You know, I'm never going to have him as Birmingham City manager. But I think it just got me thinking about his rich tapestry of 
stories, clubs and history. And I think when he sits down for him to tell it and all the people around it, you know, like when he was in the washing basket, when he couldn't get to the game, all the other stories and the, the amazing stuff he's won, I think that is primed for prime. Yeah, I think you've, you've, you've hit the bullseye there because Mourinho's story would be really good. Um, but you know what? I wonder whether we've, I wonder whether they're really, I look at, I'd like, I'd like to know that Mourinho story. I thought the David Beckham one was done really, really well. But is there, you know, I almost feel we're going to fall into the world of what happened after the last dance with the Michael Jordan one, where you didn't, you got things that w- w- weren't as good. Um, I quite like what the Trump, like, is there, I can't really think, I think Mourinho works, but. Are we not just going to wander into the world of Michael Owen now and Rio Ferdinand? Well, I mean, we've got a Calvin Phillips Amazon Prime document. That's what I mean. I, but I maybe don't know. there needs to be like a, a board that sit down once a month. Maybe it should happen with podcasts as well, and maybe we'd get banned. But they say, <laughs> right, you've got a license to go and create a documentary because that is an interesting story. Yeah. Well, the Beckham one was brilliant because I mean, look at the you know you've got the the abuse, the the, the Spice Girl, yeah. the, playing across lots of different teams, winning a treble. Is there a player out there at the moment that you'd go, I'd love to know that story? He's got everything in that. Well, we've not had a Messi told by Messi. I think Messi and Ronaldo stories would be quite boring. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I don't think there's enough drama there. I don't, I think... You've got... The the thing with the last dance... And they're so protected brand-wise, aren't they? I don't think you're going to get all... Nothing about affairs or anything like that. No, or, no. Or, you, you know, abuse. They've not really had that. No, you've got to, you've got to learn. The thing with Last Dance was good was because most people over here, I didn't know the story. I knew Chicago Bulls were good, but I didn't know how. Yeah. Close it was, but then Beckham's is probably the closest I've seen to the Last Dance because this is this. There's loads of. You want the vulnerability of life, don't you? You want the challenge of life. You want the pitfalls. You want the barriers. You want the trips. You want the falls. You want the climbing back on the horse. Yeah. And, uh, who Mourinho would be very good because he's had a few. And and the start of it as yeah, well, of like him just being a translator, working yeah. under that Bobby Robson tree. His would be brilliant. There will, uh, I mean, people will get into the question, uh, get into the um, the comments on, on on the podcast, like Spotify and that, and give us some suggestions. But one doesn't jump to mind. Not I'd quite, I quite, I tell you what, I wouldn't mind um, R nine Ronaldo, quite interesting one. So, well, I don't know if it's been told by him, but there was a there's a good one that's out on DAZN. Yeah, that, absolutely brilliant because it really touches on his inter story and then coming back from injury and then it just like knee blowing and you don't actually realise how class he was Rooney might be quite interesting done properly he did that they did the Amazon Prime Rooney one and they like it was focused a lot around of his England career yeah so I came away thinking he was a failure I've I've just remembered I watched the Rooney one because it was like when he was at Everton and stuff. It was at Everton and then it touched on England major tournaments. Not much of Man United. There wasn't much of Man United at all. And like I just came away from it thinking he was a lesser player than he was. They need to do a proper four Netflix. I did watch that one, the Rooney one. I think it just, again, that's the problem if you do it badly as well, isn't it? I don't know if I'm saying it was terrible, but I think it could have been done better. Yeah. The Netflix one, the way they had the guy who was in succession as the narrator and all the people they spoke Oh, he annoyed to. me a little bit. Yeah, but when I knew who it was, he didn't. Right. Because I like succession. Okay. I did actually think, who is this? And not in an American way. It's fine if it is. But, uh, one who's primed for one in the future. Big JB5. Now that's a yeah, story yeah, that yeah, needs yeah, telling. Yeah, yeah. But I think what we'll end up with is Rio Ferdinand, actually, Michael Owen, Lampard, no. Ger- Gerard will no, do no, what? No. Gerard, those lot. I've got the ultimate arc. Gareth Southgate. When we win the Euros and then go on to win the World Cup, the redemption from 96. I meant to tell you, actually, I got invited to, you know, the musical. 
Oh, yeah. I got invited to the opening night of that. Are we going? It was last week. Well, why are you telling me that? Just remembered. As a big Southgate sympathiser, you're telling me a week later. I was quite chuffed that I got invited. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Well, that's someone not doing their job right on the PR perspective, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he knows I don't like him. But that's the that should be As the a football coach. That's, that should be the ultimate one. Yeah. When we win the tournament, uh, we're moving on. Uh, speaking of maybe a couple of uh, Pratt decisions, should we have a look at our Pratt pundit of the week? Yeah, you've got the uh, Creme de la Month. You've yeah. got the, uh, the Pratt pundit of the year. The uh, the trifle, so to speak. Uh, Do you have um. Uh, sh- sherry in your trifle? I'm not a big. I'd, I'd rather just have a glug of sherry. I don't like sherry, and it should stay away. Warms Any, you up. It should stay away from a trifle. I don't like them little twatty sherry glasses. No, yeah. They're just what's that all about? Yeah. I have a sherry, and no. You own some of them, don't you? Rest in peace, Gran. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I had a couple, and I'm not. You know, I, I use. I can use the term Pratt in an endearing way, and there was a couple I noticed off the radio. Um, there was um, one about... Alan Pardew, was it you meant? Alan Pardew said that um, maybe we should have a sin bin in football. What's wrong with that? Well, I, I was sort of stuck in... I thought it was a good one to bring into the podcast because I was like, is it a Pratt comment of the week or actually is it quite intelligent? Um, I quite like that. I, I'm watching the rugby at the what, weekend. I think it would be massively problematic, though. Well, I think what it gives you time for, though, like the rugby at the weekend, something happened, it was a head-to-head thing, and they were like, you've got a yellow, but we're going to take our time for 10 minutes to see if we upgrade it to a red, rather than, right, you know what it's like in football, you've got a yellow, review that, everyone's watching, you're at the monitor, crowd are in your ears, it just it doesn't bring a lot of sort of objectivity in, does it? Or, no. Is that the right word? Um, so I think with that, you take it away, then you've got 10 minutes to sort of, right, carry on the game, actually we are upgrading that to a red card, we've took our time. I, I, the reason I thought it was a contender for Pratt Pundit of the Week is because it's just finding a way to fix something that was that's broken, uh, i.e. yellow card, red card works when you've got the consistency. Yeah. And if you haven't got the consistency with yellow card and red card, how are you then going to stick a sin bin in? Because I suppose if you look at the weekend, when would Ash the Young get the sin bin then, the second yellow card? No, but maybe sin bins could be in for like a, an orange card where they go, oh, hang on, we think this could be a red. You've just, you've, you know. You know the quality of refereeing in this game. No, but I think that's quite clear, though, when there's some of those decisions where you think, right, let's just take our time, not leave one still on the screen, and maybe have, like, five minutes to sort of actually, you know, watch it through and take it out of the referee's hand where we can go. We've watched it back. He's absolutely tried to kill him. Give him a red. I don't think it works. I'm actually going to say it's a Pratt comment of the week. I think he's he's not thought it through in his head and gone, this will work. But what would be a sin bin? Like, a two-footer? No. Studs up, no. Mm. Um, and yellow cards, pulling a shirt back? In no, I, d- I, d- I say yellow cards, no. I just say it's for exclusively for ones that are bordering on red li- uh, red cards, which is what they took I mean, on. look how they struggle with handballs. No, but I'm just talking imagine about... Imagine that, imagine that. You're, you know, Birmingham, you've got to imagine a lot. You're in the Premier League for a start. <laughs> but you're playing Man United, it's at Old Trafford, 10 minutes to go, nil-nil, you're playing quite well. Uh, I don't know, Casemiro goes in hard on a tackle and the referee goes sin bin yeah 10 minutes there's 20 minutes to go you don't, <laughs> you don't score you don't score yeah and then Casemiro comes back on we score yeah but that would be fine because they'd have said took the time and hope like this obviously where the consistency size in but they've taken the time to go no it wasn't actually they'd never far. figure out what's a yellow what's a red and what's an orange what they need to do is take more people out of that VAR room because that VAR audio where you've got the lad who's the video assistant like us now. yeah assistant what do you mean 
Like, you know, different opinions. I thought you meant you need to take me out. No. Um, trying to. Uh, the other one I had very, very quickly was, because um, I'm aware we want to get onto this new quiz, was um, Rory on TalkSport saying that Haaland's not a big game player. Now, he said a year ago that he thought Haaland would flop. I do like Rory, but I do think Haaland... I, I, I find, again, look, we've had a bit of pop at the media, but I think in general, football has become very flippant in the sense that you don't score a couple of goals yeah, yeah. And, and you're not a big game player. Like, maybe it's an age thing, I don't know, but like FIFA generation, I think they think that... I've seen it with like Saliba at the weekend, not world-class, look at these mistakes. And I'm like, every player goes through a bad run. Yeah, Every player makes a mistake. Erling Haaland's the best striker in the world. To yeah. say he's not a big game player, what does that even mean? Like, well, he's just the victim of his own success, isn't it? Because but what does it mean? Like, if he's in a Champions League final, he's through one on one on his left foot. Oh, it's a big game. I'm going to miss. It's, it's, it's. I know. I know some players aren't big game players, and I know what that means. They just can't. Yeah. You know, they they can't. You know, some people are Championship players. They're not Premier League players. But Erling Haaland's the best striker in the world. I don't think he's got a block in his head because it's a Champions League final or it's an FA Cup final, I think he's a player that's reliant on service. And if he doesn't yeah. get service, he can't do what Mbappe or Messi does. That's that's the thing. He's a goal scorer. And, he's got a, and he will miss chances, but he's a goal scorer. Yeah. Simple. Um, do you want to go on to the big one then? Yeah. Uh, so it was Sunday morning yesterday, as of recording, sat there scoring through Twitter. Pops up. I actually watched it and thought, yeah, wait a minute. Jake Humphrey, high performance podcast. I'm sure we're big fans of it. Uh, so it's not really. It's not never. Li- I can say. Can I just say I've never listened to it. Okay. I'll send. There's some good episodes out there. Stop promoting other podcasts. Uh, get in touch. Promote the fill in. That's it. Yeah. Um, anyway, Jake Humphreys put a podcast clip out. Gordon Ramsay's on. So we're picking this because Humphreys a sports personality, and Ramsay Legit played for Rangers. Yeah. So we're retired in. Ramsay basically saying it's high performance, so you take life lessons out, and what can you apply to life, uh, and you know, lead a high performance life. Well, Ramsay says. Uh, one time when he was in his 20s, needed 20 grand for a house deposit, went to his stepdad and said, look, I need 20 grand for a house deposit. And his stepdad said, we can have this conversation again, but when you sell your Porsche. So he goes back and he was like, wow, yeah, probably do need to sell my Porsche. So he sold his Porsche. But the big life lesson was, 10 years later, he bought back the same Porsche. Now, social media... He's a winner. He's a winner. 24.5 million views. Is Humphrey a genius? Not self-aware? Does he know exactly what he's doing? Because the podcast trailer went out this morning. There's a lot more sort of rags to riches stories to be told about Ramsey, you know, starting life on a council estate, all the other stuff about that. But I don't think Humphrey's a genius. I think his runners and producers are are geniuses, yeah. This happened with that... Or is it not, they're not self-aware? Like, they think that's the story? I I saw the clip. There's no way he's self-aware. There's no way Gordon Ramsay's self-aware. I've seen the clip. You know, I've played the game. You know, I've interviewed people in my life. I've 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 spent a lot of people time talking with people. That is not a setup. That is completely and utterly. Jake Humphreys sat there going, you almost see Jake Humphreys go, hmm, this is not going to resonate with my audience. It's almost a pin drop in his head. And Ramsey's just telling a story that he thinks is a bit like, you know, I used to work down mines and I used to eat a shit mm-hmm. sandwich. But I think that, yeah, I think with it happened with that Millie May or whatever her name is who goes out with Tommy Fury. She did a Molly she May. did the one with the was with it Steve. Stephen Barton where she said, you know, if you're from a poor background, um, there's no excuse. You just you, this is 24 hours in a day. And I think she was taken a bit out of context. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people jumped on her saying, well, you know, it's not easy to do that. I think whenever you talk, you know, 
selling your Porsche to get a deposit on your house is never going to go down well when there's a, you know, throwing things out like, you know, energy price crisis yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. But I think the, the, the chat around Humphrey's interesting because, like, growing up and wanting to get into sports media, he was sort of, you know, he did the F1, he's in the Premier League for 10 years. Blue Peter. Blue Peter, yeah. And for whatever reason, for, like, Bamzuki, uh, but for the last couple of years, I don't know, it's just sort of... Fell off? The, no, not fell off, it's just the public perception of even... I don't know him, and I, he comes across like a, a nice guy, and I'm sure if we had a drink with him, he'd be lovely. But from that public perception, it sort of changed to this, you know, high-performance... Let's focus on this. And there is a, quite a bit of like lack of self-awareness, but then he'll probably say, you know, I don't really care what people think. That's high performance. I think it's the football focus thing. I think um, reality is uh, mainstream is struggling. Football focus is apparently on the chopping board, which is a shame because I, I liked it growing up. Didn't they have something new last year with Jermaine Genus on it? That's it was gone. meant to be all that's, like cred and, you know, gone. music and that gone. You know, they've thrown the, they've thrown the dart. It's hit the, board it's not the bullseye and i think bottom line either or will yeah laura woods or jake humphreys our survey said laura woods bing top answer yeah but five years ago i'd have gone jake humphrey but but that's what i'm talking about i don't think it's anything more sinister than that i just think that time moves on he's just not and that gives more credit to gary lineker and how much of a great career he's had am i right mark i'm not wrong should we move on to the quiz yeah you, can't, you don't answer that one. So we we had a little vote. Football hangman uh, has been binned. Well, well, I, I expect this to be trending on Tuesday. Football hangman is gone. Is Hashtag it? bring back football hangman. But I've actually, basically, if ha- football hangman and me... If football hangman was your office, um, this could be your extras. This is basic. Yeah. No, sorry. Right, I've, right. I've evolved. Uh, football hangman wasn't mine. This is mine. So I wanted to keep something that can be for everybody to play at home, but also get a competitive element in. So what we're doing is, and we need a name for this, the Goldbridge Shootout, I think I'm going to call it, or something like that. It just needs to be like Gold Pen, like Goldbridge Shootout. Yeah. (laughs) Which is what I just said. So basically what happens is, instead of Football Hangman, where it was 10 10 guesses and then 10 clues as to the player, Will's got a player, I've got a player. Yeah. He's going to go with his player and give me a clue five clues right if i get it on the first one i get five points if i get it on the second one i get four points and then i'll do it and then we'll end up could be five five could be whatever nice. but we've got to play it to do are it are we doing a, are we doing a, a we should have talked about this before we come on air but are we doing a back and forth a back and forth no because i think that might make the okay. person do, do you want me to start then yeah okay i was born on the 11th of october 1988 quick maths that makes me 35 years old um, 35 years of age, I will say Jordan Henderson. Incorrect. Okay. Oh, sorry, yeah. I was raised in Ireland, County Donegal, and played Gaelic football until I was a teenager. He's Irish then. Correct. Yeah, well, don't you decipher in the clue? Johnny Evans. Incorrect. I think that's Northern Ireland, and you probably just stepped on some toes there I don't know no I lived in Ireland and actually I, sh- I apologise for that I should have got it but I do struggle with anything outside of Dublin and Belfast that's fine um, I made my professional debut for Sligo Rovers in 2006 going on to make 56 appearances for the club oh you know what You putting this in Ireland you are making me in a very dangerous area here because <laughs> if I keep guessing players from Northern Ireland I'm in trouble well you've done Johnny Evans and um, McLean James. James McLean? Yeah. Incorrect. Mm. 
Clue number four for two points. I moved to the Premier League in two, I know who it is now. 2009, costing a grand total of £60,000 amid interest from unsuccessful clubs such as Celtic, Ipswich Town and Birmingham City. Seamus Coleman. Correct. Yeah. So I got two points. There we go. That's how it works. Nice. Right. My one is that was that, quite a good good clues by me. Yeah. Very good clues. Thank you. Um, you you've gone for the same theme as me. Uh, An Irish right back from Everton. No. Nope. Oh, good. Um, I'm going to start off. I currently play in the Premier League for West Ham. Jared Bowen. No. I've got eleven England caps. James Ward Prowse. Oh, you've done it. You went in quite easy for me there. Why? No, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've got superior football knowledge to you as well, so that does help, but you, yeah, a bit, a bit more preparation it. from you next time. No, you. I think just you went a bit hard. No, I think that you, you want to get it down to two or three. Shall I do another one? No, no, it's fine. I, I, you know, I got that right. Okay, so what did you get, four? I got four, you got two. Four, two. So I'm four, two up. You win. No, I'm not going to add them all up. I just think you oh, win. I'm 4 2 up. I'm 1 0 up. Yeah, you're 1 0 up. Okay. You win. Brilliant. I uh, probably went a bit easy there. Yeah. Mine well, was no, harder. To be fair to Yours you. was good. Mine was probably a bit too easy. You you should have gone in. You sent over one to me as an example, which you would have used. Yeah. Which was, which was very good. Do you want to do that for the listeners? Yeah, I've got I've got this one. See if you can get this one at home then. Very well thought out, Will, because it is a podcast. So see how quick you could get this one at home. Um, Will's there. Okay. So, um, so yeah. clue one, I played for Manchester United in the late 90s. Yeah. Clue two, mm. I played for England. Interesting. Clue three, yes. I also played for Arsenal. Wow. Clue four, I won the golden boot once. Wow. Would you have got it by now? Uh, I don't know, actually. And clue five, you would get it. Yeah. I left United and played for Blackburn and Fulham, amongst others. And Birmingham City. Did he play for Birmingham City? Yeah, because I interviewed him once and I said, oh, I'm a Birmingham City fan. And he said, I hated my time at Birmingham City. Who was it? Andy Cole. No. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was. it was Andy Cole. So, yes, uh, well, I, I quite like that better than Football Hangman. Let us know what you think in the chat. Um, a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed that, Will. Yes, yeah, great to see you in the flesh and touch you and realise you're not an AI robot. Yeah, thank you. Um, make sure you give us a follow. Just finally, actually, I should have mentioned this at the start of the show. Um, we have got a Christmas show in Manchester on December the 11th. Um, it's it's billed as a United Stand show because it's in Manchester, but we are and having we are having a section of Goldbridge Saves Football on there. So if you like the podcast and you are gonna uh, you want to support it and be there on the night, tickets are available. Um, I don't know whether we can pop the link for that actually, but if you just type in United Stand Christmas Show, tickets are out now, and there will be a Goldbridge Saves Football section. So it'd be great to have some Goldbridge Saves Football ultras in the crowd when we come on saying. Ultras, ultras, ultras. People will be like, what's going on? Do all your classics, like I'll do my big Ange impression. Yeah. You'll do that thing you did of moving. We've got a good section that's going to be very interactive, so. Yeah, it'd be good. And hopefully, you know, there's going to be United fans there, but it'd be great to get a bit more representation there. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you give us a follow and leave a a check out on the poll. We'll do Raya Ramsdale as well. Um, And we're back on Friday. It was a good gold. (laughs) Goldbridge was really good. So check out the Friday quiz, which is Goldbridge. And obviously a look ahead to the weekend. And I think we've got a really good sort of 11 again to do as well. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye, Will. Ciao. Speak to you later.